Welcome to Long Story Long. I'm your host, Lisa Curry. Uh, today's guest is the hilarious comedian Mike Glazer. He's an Emmy Award nominee and the co-host of the podcast Weed and Grub. We had such a fun time recording this, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. Hey, thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. When you uh, hit me up about this, I was like, oh, this is such a fun, fun idea. And it's nice to catch up with you because it's been a hot minute. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, it has. I... Um... I actually started this podcast to just loop people in for hour-long conversations. That's really, that's all this is. It's a big scam to try to talk to my friends. (laughs) So true. And also so sad that the only way to hang out with people is if it's monetized and for (laughs) some kind of career advancement. But if I like texting you, I was like, hey, do you want to talk for an hour? You'd be like, are you, are you sick? Yeah. My first question would be like, why? <laughs> What's going on? Are you in the hospital? Like I can send you. Uh, you can use my Postmates. It's not. I don't need to talk to you. Yeah. I I've had people actually. I I've, I've had friends where I've reached out to them and I'm like, hey, uh, like I'm dealing with this thing. Can we talk? And they're like, I mean, can't you text me? <laughs> For and real? I'm like I mean, I guess I can. can sure. I, can I tell you a crazy story? Mm-hmm. But I'll leave their name out Please of it. Do. Yes. I got a no warning FaceTime three days ago, and it wasn't from a parent or a relative, and I may as well have whipped my phone across the highway. (laughs) It's so jarring. Yeah. It's so – one day I I was texting with my – my friend Jason, he was my head writer at uh, Jim Jeffrey's show. And I was I was so sick. And I'm like, I'm not a robe person, but I was laying on the couch in a robe. It was like the one time in five years I've worn a robe. And uh, I'm just like deathly ill. We were texting about something and he's out with his daughter and he's like, hold on, Cecilia wants to say hi. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like in the text? And then he FaceTimes. Oh, but no. But I picked up. I picked up and I was like. Hey, and he's like, "Oh God, I'm so sorry!" Like, <laughs> like immediately, because he could see that I was like d- laid out. Um, but then I was like, "Wait, that's insulting!" And I was like, "No, it's fine. I'm just, I just happen to be wearing a robe." And he's like, "I mean, I didn't mean it. like it was like the most. It was like he walked in on me in the bathroom. It right. was so weird. But w- it was weirder for me to pick up. I don't know. I think I was just like, I don't know. Hi, and then he was like. The whole thing was he wanted to his, his he was with his daughter and so he's he's like hey it's Lisa because <laughs> I'm like in shambles and his his kid is little. Uh, Do you know his so, daughter? Yeah. Only uh, only over the computer. I mean I don't I've never met her in person. Okay. So yeah, so she was probably like, "What's going on, Dad?" <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy that like. I, I didn't I was like, I, where do I want to go with this conversation? Because he flipped mm-hmm. out and you were kind of unsure why you answered in the first place. But also <laughs> like an a robe is kind of intimate, but like I've seen like pussies and dicks fall out of pants on the dance floor. <laughs> so I don't know why a robe is so shocking. Like it was like a long sleeve, long, fluffy robe. I legitimately wear less clothes just day to day, you know? <laughs> so it's like, I'm basically in a Snuggie. It's, you know, <laughs> which is, you know, we all know, just a backwards rope. Like, whoever came up with it. That's My dream is to invent something that's already invented, like a hanger, but market it differently. And it's like, did you ever, did you know you could hang up grocery bags on a hanger? And people are like, oh, 
and lose their minds and they just, you know, is buy that true? a million pieces. <laughs> is that true? Can you really do that? I mean, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, have we've never actually worked on something together outside of stand-up, have we? No. I mean, we, we were both working separately in New York oh, at the yeah. same time. And it was so... Mm-hmm so beautiful to like have a friendly face and a little bit of grounding in a city I'm not super familiar with. So I really, really appreciated hanging out with you while we were there, but we haven't oh, worked good. together yet. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I want, can we go back to that day in time? Can we <laughs> please? Yeah, please. That was when you were working on, what's it called? Night of Too Many Stars? Yeah, the HBO the uh, right Autism yeah. Benefit with Robert Smigel. Yeah. yeah. And That's John incredible. Stewart. How did you get that? Um, that's such a great question. And it's kind of, it's kind of basic, but it's kind of fun. It was one of the most fun packets I've ever written because it was, Uh the idea is just like, let's raise a bunch of money for autism, um, or for children with autism. We're not pro autism. We're (laughs) pro helping people who have autism. And, um, and the whole idea was like, just send us bits that celebrities could do, send us auction Mm -hmm. ideas that celebrities could auction off. So I was like, the rock will carry you around on his back for the whole show. <laughs> you know, just your yeah. biggest dreams that you can come up with and put them in a packet and hit send. That's absolutely my biggest dream that the rock carries me around. Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> yes. Would be really nice. Did you see that story? I'm sorry, this I'm like going off topic, but where he like ripped out the gate in his front yard? No. Because the gate wouldn't open, so he was just like, whoa, and just like tore it out of the ground. And I guess the security at his house were terrified. Um, what a hunk. What a Hulk. <laughs> right? Definitely carry me around. I will bid on that. Um, yeah. Also, what a, like, what a problem solver. Yeah. As, as oh, like, absolutely. As a Jewish dude with soft hands, I'd be like, <laughs> who do I call to fix this? And he's like, I got it. I'm just going to use my superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to rip it out of the ground. <laughs> the security gate. Uh, wait, so wh- which of the, did they go with any of the prizes you pitched? Yeah, 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 yeah. I came up with a really fun bit. Um, Paul Rudd was filming Ant-Man. And so uh-huh. he was um, on set in San Francisco. And so on the show, he revealed his um, new Ant-Man costume, which was really mm-hmm. cool. And I pitched the bit where he is using index cards to answer fan questions. And uh-huh. then, um, uh, uh, and all they want to talk to him about is anything except the Ant-Man costume. And so uh-huh. he's like, okay, but also like, how cool is this? You know, I got this right here. <laughs> yeah. And then that was tagged by, oh, I'm going to forget his name. I think it's Craig, who was like, every question should be about slap it a bass. If you've ever <laughs> seen that movie where he's like, and I was just yeah. slap it a bass. And so every... Yes question is like wow ant-man so cool so when you you were on set and you said slap it a base and <laughs> it was awesome that is so great i um i i it's i really delight in when uh, when celebrities are at a q a for a specific thing and people want to talk about something else like i saw years when i first moved to la i saw mark paul gossler on like a thing what was he on nypd blue is that what it was oh gosh when did he play a cop I don't I think that I that's know. what that was. It would have been like 2003 because it's when I moved to LA and he's like doing this panel and people kept having questions for him and they all were about Saved by the Bell. And finally he's like, guys, this is the show I'm working on now. Please, please ask me questions about this show. And it was hysterical. <laughs> he was like losing it because people kept, you know, asking him whatever about 
his, yeah. you know, adolescent career. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is so, it's like, yeah, I get that that's kind of a curse, but that's also kind of wonderful too, you know? It is wild. Like, I can't imagine, like, like knowing you now and ha- seeing mm-hmm. us develop as human beings and just mm-hmm. become, like, more of ourselves and self-actualize. But then when you see yeah. someone like him or Neil Patrick Harris or any of them, and, like, it, you, they are just stuck. It's not fair. Like, <laughs> they are yeah. forever who they were in your mind. Like, if I met Macaulay Culkin right now, I'd be like, do the scream. And he's like, I'm 40. <laughs> I'm a 40-year-old man. <laughs> And you haven't met gunpoint. You're like, I said, do the fucking scream. <laughs> None of his home alone traps worked on me. And I got to him with my yeah. gun to do the scream. <laughs> That's how he gets held up. It's not even like a robbery. People are just coming up to him and forcing him to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Have a good day. <laughs> that's also, it's, that stuff is so funny because I think that that's something even like celebrities relate to like I I was just watching this interview with Ruby Rose and she was talking about working with Morgan Freeman and how she had him record her outgoing voicemail oh (laughs) fuck yes and it's (laughs) she plays it and you can hear in his voice he's like yeah so I'm doing this now like (laughs) (laughs) it sounded like but I'm like nope everyone yes I would want that we would all want that you know of course, of like course. Like the only reason I want any notoriety is to abuse other people that are already famous. That's it. A hundred percent. That's the whole game. Yeah. Do the thing I want you to do. I, yeah. <laughs> I had a thought the other day. I was smoking a joint on a walk and I was like, if I was friends with Adele and it was my birthday and she didn't sing it the way I wanted her to sing it and she was just kind of phoning it in like all my other friends were singing happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I would get like really mad at her on this, it's like unfairly. <laughs> you just start, you just start like shaking and crying. You're so mad. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> just sing it. <laughs> Hit a high note for me. Yeah. I want to cut into the ice cream cake. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of smoky weed, by the way, I think the last time we hung out was when we went to THC Design. Yeah, for dinner. that's right. I think, yeah. Wait, what? So what got you into, you're so into that world. I, I don't even know how to categorize it. I'm like, because I sound like a cop when I say it. I'm like, you're in like the weed space. <laughs> yeah. You like do Speak into my stuff. shirt. Tell me, <laughs> tell me all about it as I lean in and hold my collar down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, weed has been a big part. I was just named one of the 40 under 40 rising cannabis stars, which is a pretty... Mike, that's incredible. It feels really good. It's like, that's it's been great. it's been such a positive in my life. And if I can mm-hmm. have it actually be a part of my career that helps, um, helps it become federally legal, helps people get out of prison, and also makes people laugh and have a good time with me. Like, what a dream come true to, you know, be able to get high and celebrate it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's like... I mean, you we never would think of that when you're like when we were kids, we never would have thought of that. Like, I no. thought weed was the devil when I was like, wait, where did you grow up again? I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Just like the suburbs of St. Louis. And I um, 
Yeah, I started smoking when I was like 13 years old. I was like a sad fat kid whose last name is Glazer, oh. so my nickname was Donut. <laughs> so yeah, oh. I'm gonna try to like not be myself any way that I can. You know what I mean? It just worked out. Yeah. I'm lucky that it it worked the way it did, and I'm able to like you know like myself more now. But uh, yeah, that's how it all started. Was just being like. Um, just eating a sleeve of cheese and Pringles every day after school while being oh high my God. and Wait, watching Animaniacs. Cheese and Pringles? This is crazy. Lisa, do you not know about cheese and Pringles, the number Wait, one Pringle? Oh, cheese and Pringles? I don't know what this is. No, I'm sorry. Oh my God. Wait, what's the, it's the number one Pringle. It's like the uh, f- cheddar cheese flavored. It has like cheddar cheese dust on every single chip, perfectly oh. covering every chip. Oh, I have no idea. This do you is, eat that Pringles? That sounds amazing. I don't really, buy, like, I'll buy chips and salsa sometimes, but other than that, I don't buy junk food. Not that I don't eat it, I just don't keep it in my house, because otherwise, uh, I would just be, a, like, a giant hermit. Yeah. I would just be massive. I like, get I you. I have to, like, force myself to eat baby carrots and stuff, and I will, like, openly resent it as I'm doing it. I'm like, I fucking hate baby carrots. <laughs> but I'm like, the second I, I leave the house, like, you know, I go to a comedy show... I, when when comedy shows were a thing, if they're like, oh, free nachos or like free beer, I'm like, oh, yeah, always. Like, <laughs> give me that. Like, I can't. There's just cheese falling out of your pockets. I think also I was broke for so long that now anytime somebody's like free food, I'm like, if it's if it was something I'm deathly allergic to, I would just choke it down. I'd be like, oh, God, it's free. I got to take it. Like, it's so. I get it's, that. It's truly ridiculous. Um so wait, what is this this 40 under 40? You also have other weed stuff going on. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I don't know how to ca- I have a cousin that works in like she's working to legalize marijuana federally and I don't understand it. I'm like, yeah, my cousin like does weed. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's like, yeah, I get you. It's it's weird, right? It's weird too because yeah. you grow up with it being illegal and a sin and deadly yeah. and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, everybody smokes or most people smoke and okay wow yeah um so i do a podcast with my friend mary jane gibson called Mm -hmm. weed and grub and uh it kind of took off because you know food food weed food weed and hanging out is a really good time absolutely and uh we got into like south by southwest and we were listed on all these lists and blah 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 but at the end of the day like for me it's just like a great way to hang out with people. Kind of like a podcast is, is an excuse to talk with friends. Like if I can bring a joint to somebody's place and just be like, will you hang out with me so we can smoke and watch TV? Like, you know, it's a nice olive branch for a community to come together. And yeah. um, and then that led to like working on BuzzFeed videos called High Guys, where I got surprised with a sloth. And that kind of went viral, which kind of took off my Wait, were you high career. when the sloth came out? Yo, I was so high <laughs> that like, if you watch the video, I think it's still up on YouTube. If it's like, mm-hmm. it's like YouTube, BuzzFeed, sloth, High Guys. Um, you can see like the warmth radiating out of me, like Mr. Burns walking through the forest when, I don't know if you've seen that episode. <laughs> um, but like, Uh-oh. I was so full of like warmth and love because I was so high that when I saw yeah. that sloth, I immediately was like, this is my best friend. Wait, so was the sloth on board with this? Or I don't, I know nothing about sloths. Sloths are 
the chillest, coolest animal. Mm-hmm. Like they live up to the hype tenfold. It's like if Snoop, yeah. they're like Snoop Dogg, you know, they just like kind of like glide through life and they're the coolest person in the room. It's easy to hang with them. You would want to scoop it up and put it on your chest like a little like, yeah. like they're, they're like a, they're like a animal that is built to be a hammock and it's beautiful. They're like a hammock. Hold on. Also, where did you, where do they just, you could just rent them from somewhere, I assume? In Los oh. Angeles, you just... Okay, so... The Halloween Superstore? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once a year. <laughs> um, I, that's the, the one cool thing about Los Angeles that I wish more people talked about is the is like the deep, dark, weird corners of Los, Los Angeles mm-hmm. that can make your dreams come true. Like, you know, you could live right next to a stunt performer who could teach you how to spin a car into a parallel parking spot. <laughs> yeah. And that's just like a person that you might know. And you can rent any animal in the world in Los Angeles. You can rent a sloth. Um, I was going to rent a yak one year because I was doing a, a show at UCB where um, I hit, I hung lost yak flyers all over the city <laughs> with my phone number. And so... I would get texts and phone calls from people all over the world saying that they found my lost yak. And <laughs> I have all these amazing voicemails from it. Um, her name was Bronwyn. And so I was doing this big show at UCB and throughout the show, I would play voicemails. And my dream was to rent a yak so that after the show, when we all came outside and spilled out of the theater, there would be my yak there and be like, we found her, we found her. And then I yeah. could like climb on my yak and like, ride her into the sunset <laughs> wait and you but you couldn't get the yak they will I, I could afford the yak but the permitting for the yak is what really screwed me uh there's yak, yak permits, permits i know tell <laughs> yeah. me about it <laughs> so if it's not one thing it's another right you know? those fucking yak loopholes <clears throat> yeah so wait so what you're saying is it is actually harder to get a yak than a gun holy <laughs> shit <laughs> yo that's cool that's no that's good that's we're in a good spot that's a great place yeah socially i'm i'm glad um damn uh oh but to be fair you could have gotten a gun and when the theater spilled out be like surprise everyone and then you know shoot someone oh yeah that would have been a good surprise too that would have been it would have been a surprise (laughs) just for the future Wait, this this is crazy that you could just may I I want to say the restrictions in LA are looser. It seems like they must be, right? Cuz I've seen people in Malibu grocery shopping with like a parrot on their shoulder. Like this is something I've I've seen multiple parrots in grocery stores in Malibu. Is that... I don't know if that's a thing. What? I don't know what's going on out there, man. Like they have so much money and I assume they don't work because there's no offices out there. It's just homes yeah. and restaurants. But that's their deal? Like, that's their yeah, thing? I so. I mean, I worked in Malibu for years, so maybe I saw, like, I have a, you know, a bigger sampling of people at the grocery store in my memory. But, uh, yeah, multiple times I've seen this. One time it was on their shoulder. One time it was, uh, they were pushing it in the cart, and it was in the child seat of the cart. You know, it was well-trained, I guess. That's so fucking, why do I think that's so fucked up, but if I see a dog, I'm good with it? Yeah, I don't, because birds are gross, man. Yeah, right? They're so filthy. Yeah. They're so gross. I, I mean, like, at most, my dog could have fleas, and, like, at most, birds give you a deadly disease. 
true that. You know? I, also, there's something heartbreaking about their brain is so broken that they don't fly away. Like, I don't, I don't want to break an animal's spirit. I yeah. love animals. Like, I know I've seen yeah. so many great pictures of your dog on Instagram. And I'm going to be honest, <laughs> oh, it looks like it could jet out the door at any second and run free. Because oh, yeah. he looks like a she, maniac. She, uh, I had her at a friend's house the other day and she tried to clear a five foot wall. She like jumped up and it hit her in the chest, like the edge of it. But then she tried to jump again and I, I had to grab her. I was like, you can't, mm-hmm. please don't do that. Because it was a dog on the other side. She just wanted to hang out. She just like wants to hang all the time. I love it. That's awesome. (laughs) I love it so much. You can actually rent my dog. Uh, No (laughs) permit required. (laughs) Can I cover it in long braided fur for my next uh, UCB show? You can't ride her. I that's that's the only thing. You know. Again, it it is always something. Um, Man, what other animals can we rent? We got to rent something. Name it. It's so fun. If you Google exotic animal rental Los Angeles. The the world is your oyster. You can rent an oyster. Like, it's great. <laughs> you can also just get an oyster at Whole Foods. <laughs> I, don't think you, <laughs> I don't think you have to get a permit, Mike. <laughs> I think you could just pick one up. Can you edit out every dumb thing I say? Uh, just this. Can you just make this whole thing five <laughs> minutes long, please? <laughs> this is like... <laughs> This is when I get high, I write I, like I'll make notes in my phone. I have a like a little notepad of uh, high. I call them high ideas, uh, things that I come up with. And it's crazy. I, I invented Instagram when I was high. I thought <laughs> I, all, all kinds of things. It's really upsetting that all my ideas are things that already exist. You know? Yeah, that's I can I tell you a high idea I thought of t- yeah. uh, today? Absolutely. I was thinking about the person who invented the monocle. (laughs) And I was like, I, and then I was like, I wonder if they got like really mad when somebody just stole their idea for the monocle and put two of them together and just made glasses (laughs) and was like, see a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) What did that take a week? Yeah. (laughs) Also the monocle makes no sense. Cause it's like, it's the size of like what a silver dollar, right? Yeah. I assume I haven't worn one. Uh, so really, when when you're hold, there's no handle on it. So when you're holding it, you're covering up like forty percent of the lens. Totally, this is so stupid. It's like it's like by the time you're holding it, you're looking through it in like the same amount of space that those one one of those little diamond viewers. What are those called? Oh, the, the things loops. That, like, diamond? The loops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. It's so so dumb. I just go without eyesight. You're better off. Exactly. A hundred percent. And you don't look like you don't look like you look when you're holding it either. Yeah. Um, wait, so I also want to ask you about or I want to talk about you. And I don't know how much you can talk about this, but you write for a lot of people just on the side. Yeah, I can't talk about that. It's OK. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I can cut that out. No, it don't. You don't have to cut anything out. I mean, Can it's you? not like any names were named. I just can't, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. uh, yeah, I love writing jokes. I'll say that. Yeah. I love writing crispy jokes. All right. Yeah. Okay. That's, that sounds like a clue. All right. <laughs> it's all good. Wait, can I ask you um, something? Yeah, tell me. Because I, I, I mean, it's, it's really cool to talk with you. And I don't know if mm-hmm. you're going to drop the video for this, but like in my background, it says a lot about me. It's a lot of like open, <laughs> empty, 
Mm-hmm. looks like an insane asylum of white space because sure, I have yep. a bed, a table, and a desk, and a TV, and that's all I have mm-hmm. in my place because I like it. And behind you, you curated, like you have a trophy. <laughs> you curated your background so that there's a, t- a tiny trophy behind you. And I would just like to <laughs> learn more about, about <laughs> your setup. Can I just tell you really quick? Uh, so this is, uh, we're in my closet um, because... I've I've been recording in my kitchen and my producer was like, no more of that. The sound is terrible. So I had this bookshelf here. I had these books here. I had the trophy placed in a different place. This is, this is absolutely staged. The trophy (laughs) is mine though. This is, I won this um, in 1988 when I was uh, second place Polish princess in, (laughs) in Indiana. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm very proud. Um, I'm kidding. It's just, I just think it's cute. I saved it because uh, I haven't really accomplished much since then. So <laughs> I have to keep a reminder up like, you did it. Keep going. You know, uh, 30 years ago, you were a success. You could do it again. <laughs> what is a <laughs> Actually, Polish princess? A though? Um, I had a dress in like pr- traditional Polish, like a traditional polish uniform with like my hair was braided and i had like this little like green and red and white and black dress on and i had to like sing and dance for a crowd oh i was second place so um you know that was kind of a letdown but (laughs) Um, do you remember what you like was it a polish song that you had to sing like it was it just like i'm sure i yeah i don't remember i used to speak polish when i was a kid but i lost it i didn't we we didn't I only had one grandparent that spoke Polish and, uh, and then I don't know, he kind of stopped teaching me and my family like let it go. So I, I can recognize a handful of words, but that's it. Yeah. Or like I know Polish when I hear it, but I don't know what the hell you're saying. So that's, you know, a bummer. Damn. But still, uh, I think that's a really cool trophy yeah. to have. Second place oh, in, <laughs> in, in Polish princess. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking cool. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of awards, <laughs> oh. you like my segue? Um, we didn't, I don't think we said this earlier, but when you did the the Night of Too Many Stars, you got nominated for an Emmy for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Speaking of second place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we lost to Andrew Lloyd Webber's uh, Technicolor Dreamcoat play. Absolutely not. So, That's not even. Yeah. How how is that a thing? That's an old musical. It's Joseph. You're doing new content. I think. Thank you. It, that that's what hurt the most is like I've never seen the play, but I know it's about Joseph, and like I don't even know mm-hmm. who Joseph is, but I know mm-hmm. he's not Jesus. So yeah. not only did we get second, but w- we lost to like a third string Bible I character. Be, or I something? would be furious. Yeah, I would be furious. I. You know, it's good that this happened to you because if that happened to me, I, A, I would introduce myself always immediately as an Emmy Award nominee. <laughs> and two, then I would immediately launch into a story about how we lost to somebody that I felt didn't deserve it. Well, That's, I mean, that would be. <laughs> I think, I don't want to say he didn't deserve it. I mean, I'll say it. <laughs> okay. He did have like John Legend and a couple other. <laughs> incredibly talented people with him for the play i just i would love to meet andrew one day and just be like well 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 andrew (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. um that that bothers me for you i I need you to get an emmy i 
I want an Emmy so bad and that's all I talk about. And I, that's me wanting an Emmy. Like I'm, I'm losing my mind. People don't want to talk to me, Mike. Would They're you like, still keep that up. trophy up or would you, would you swap it out? Yeah, it would, it would go next to it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I think the second place trophy would become second place to the Emmy, you know? So it's inception or whatever. Yeah. That's um, great. <laughs> Uh, I do want to ask you a couple of things because you're you're involved in I mean you do you're so good at stand-up you're such a great joke writer you've you're an Emmy Award nominee you're in the weed space I guess for lack of a better way for me to say it um is there something it's it's just really fascinating to me how people's lives like go on different trajectories than we thought like is there something looking back that seemed bad at the time that now is that turned out to be good or like send you in a good trajectory yeah okay yeah well I have, I kind of have two if that's okay because one has to yeah. do with weed and one has to do with stand-up and okay they're they're separate but equal because they're both such big parts of my life so do you want to do stand-up first or weed first let's do weed first okay weed first so I was like 18, 19 years old, and I was smoking with my friends, Mark Hirsch and Joel Hadley, in Mark's basement, I think. And we were watching this movie called Donnie Darko. Have you ever seen Donnie Darko? Uh, yes, unfortunately, I did at a time think it was a very deep film. Yes, that's the problem. <laughs> it tricks you. It fucking tricks you so hard because I was so high and my brain is so malleable. Like I Uh will fall for anything and it tricked, you know, and I was like, what? This movie is everything. And it's your path and your fate. And the weird thing is that I had my own Donnie Darko moment of following my path and my fate and my little like trail because the day after I saw that movie, I immediately went to the tattoo parlor and got a huge shoulder blade to shoulder blade back tattoo that says cellar door with a (laughs) fountain pen coming off of it in calligraphy because that's the most beautiful two word Mm -hmm. combination in the English language. (laughs) Tell me you immediately ran home and were like, mom, dad, look at this. (laughs) I did because I was wrapped in saran wrap to keep it because it was bleeding and I was like look how cool this is and they're like oh no son oh no you got a lot of life left buddy you got a lot of time at the beach where you're not gonna want to take your shirt off (laughs) you wait you were 18 when this happened yeah yeah you said oh so I thank god I didn't get any of the tattoos I wanted when I was 18 because I I would be a mess I would be a real mess it was Uh, my first tattoo and That's I just amazing. Like, Wait. rolled the dice and got a huge back tat. First time out at the gate. Just going hard. <laughs> so I regretted it. Like, I, I regretted yeah. it like three months later. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't yeah. like time like went immediately. on. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, God, what have I done? Um, and so I felt terrible. And I've always been pretty self-conscious about it. But then the kind of cool thing is fast forward to oh, right around this time last year, and mm-hmm. my podcast, Weed and Grub, did a tour from Alaska down to L.A. through every uh-huh. legal weed state. And we did live shows. And our very first live show ever, we got the venue, we sold the tickets, and everything fell into place because the name of the place was Cellar Door. And so... Oh, get out. 
it was this like moment of like, what's the word for when something relief washing over me that I didn't yeah. make a mistake. It just took 400 years into the future for that one tiny yeah. thing that felt terrible to pay off and make me feel <laughs> <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's wild. So you still have, I'm assuming you still have the tattoo then and have not covered it up? No, no, not at all. And the really fun thing is, um, so I told that story because we were at the cellar door and it was like, this is such a moment. Oh my gosh. And so after the show, I pulled out like four Sharpies and I had the whole audience uh, sign my back. And so I have this big, Oh my God. I have this awesome, I think it's awesome. Other people would disagree of my, <laughs> of my back with a bunch of Sharpie marker signatures from a bunch of people in the audience. And so it Your felt parents like. parents are like, why didn't he just do Sharpies the first time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Dude, just write it on a piece of paper and tape it to your wall. No need to. <laughs> what are you doing? You're so right. That is my litmus test for, um, maybe I'm using that phrase wrong, but my litmus test for getting a tattoo. I have no tattoos, but I'm like, is this something that I would frame and hang on my wall? And every time I'm like, no. That's... So it's like, why would I put that on my body if yeah. I wouldn't hang it on the wall, you know? Totally. That doesn't... I love pain, I... though, Mary... I, uh, Lisa, I almost said Mary Jane because that's my co-host. Um, I, yeah. do, I do love, like, pain a lot. Like, I oh. think it's, like, really hot. So when I was... <laughs> okay. Like, when I was, like, 15, maybe 16, I used my friend who's 18, I used their ID to go get my tongue pierced. And, ah. and you know... Oh man, it felt so great. I had piercings all over my head. I um I pierced my sack when I was what? in college on my own. What? I held a flashlight in my mouth. Like no, absolutely not. I no. love pain so much. It's so wild. That's, I'm terrified of needles. Like I and I hate pain. I had a dentist appointment yesterday and I screamed at the dentist because he hurt me. And he like it was like an endodontist whatever. Yeah. So it wasn't my normal dentist and he was not amused by it, <laughs> to say the least. He's like, you're a grown woman. Get it together. You know? I'm like, ah! <laughs> Just out of my mind. That's that's horrific, Mike. Um, it was wild. It, it, it felt, it hurt in the best way. And then I was just like walking around with a, with a tongue ring. Um, you know how like a tongue ring is two barbells? Yeah. So I put that through my sack. Uh, horizontally and the way i got the piercing needles the way i got the piercing needles is i sold opium to a piercer and he traded me piercing lessons for opium and that's how i learned how to pierce myself hold on hold on hold on (laughs) you sold opium are you also 18 at this point no this was in well what when do you go to college if you if you do it when you're supposed to I think 18. Uh, I dropped out. So Okay, so probably I, around 20. I started at 18. I, probably around 2021. 20, 21 okay. probably because I know I I know I had I was probably like legally able to buy uh, beer and stuff. So yeah, 2021 and opium. opium. Well, yeah. And so well yeah. that was the way I like got to help pay for college and stuff, you know, like selling weed, selling opium, a little bit of ecstasy, not much. Um and uh, yeah, my neighbor in college was a uh, I think I don't want to say his name, but I do remember his name. But yeah, he was a piercer yeah. and tattoo artist. The craziest fucking thing. Holy shit. I haven't thought about this forever, Lisa. Um, he had an alligator named Atva 
in his fucking dorm room. Was he renting room. it or did he, was he the owner? <laughs> <laughs> St. Louis is very lax on their animal rentals. Anybody can yeah. get one. <laughs> yeah. They have them at 7-Eleven. <laughs> Oh, next to the drumsticks and the Toll House ice cream sandwiches? <laughs> yeah. Between, well, between that and the red box. Yeah. <laughs> Pick up a movie and a llama. <laughs> uh, that's, that's insane. So he hasn't, you have, wait, are you in an apartment complex or a house? Um, it was kind of like, like do those- you share a wall with an alligator? Is what I need to know. He was across the hall, but we were in like a dorm. We were in like dorm rooms, but they were off the main campus. Mm -hmm. So there was Mm -hmm. a little bit of privacy because we were, I think, sophomores or juniors. So we didn't have to stay in campus anymore. We could like get dorm housing a little bit off Mm -hmm. the beaten path. And so, yeah, he was my across the hall neighbor. And uh, yeah, he had had an alligator and he would feed it little rats and stuff. And I traded him um, uh, opium for piercing lessons. I need so much more information on this alligator. I'm sorry. Did like how do you how do you live with one? I mean, you didn't I you're in the closest proximity to an alligator that anyone of anyone I know. So, yeah. I'm I'm trusting all of your answers on this. Is this guy in a one bedroom? Does the alligator have a room? Does he walk it? What's going on? Very good questions. <laughs> um, it wasn't the kind of alligator that you would see in the swamp. It was okay. the length of, like, how long is a party sub from Subway? Is that too Six long? Feet? Six feet? Six feet? No, I that's think? way too long. Taller than you? Was no, the... maybe like three, four feet long. Three feet oh, okay. long. Yeah, nothing, nothing major, but still a very much an alligator. And he had a huge, yeah. huge, huge tank in his uh, dorm room. But for the most part, he would just let it roam around. And sometimes he would open the door and it would just, he would be with it, but it would walk up and down the halls of the, uh, of the thing. And so that I like was it. it. I'm so fascinated by people having weird animals. The, the bigger part of me hates it. And I'm like, that's gross and you shouldn't have them and we shouldn't have them in captivity but then there's also like this piece of me that's like also that's fucking hilarious right like what's going on like when everyone was watching tiger king i couldn't get on board because there's back in i'm from indiana rural rural indiana and there was like multiple places near my hometown where people had exotic animals and i'm like i know the place i got my belly button pierced when i was a kid this crazy tattoo shop in gary called roy boys I'll send you a video of Roy Boys after this because it's bananas. If you guys are anyone listening, look, just ta- just type in YouTube Roy Boy commercial. You won't believe your eyes. Uh, and this they like kept tigers at the tattoo shop, like across the street in a uh, they had like a big warehouse. And so oh the tiger God. was just like in a cage with like old cars and motorcycles and stuff. And so I'm like, when Tiger King came out, I'm like, this is the most boring show of all time because I'm like, I know, I know these people. Yeah. You know, I'm like, this isn't entertaining to me because when people are like, can you believe them? I'm like, yes, I know like six people that act like this, that have exotic <laughs> animals. <laughs> I'm so tired of them. I don't want to see them anymore. You know? Yeah. That's terrible. Um, oh man. Yeah. It was insane. Uh, anyway, I want to hear your stand up story. What's this thing that was like bad or insignificant that led to something greater? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So for that one, 
it was the kind of like emotional devastation where you either like get back on the horse or you never see a horse again. Mm-hmm. And it was in St. Louis. Actually, uh, uh, this is great because um, it has to do with Nikki Glazer, who I've mm-hmm. met, I think, uh, two or three times at the Hollywood Improv, but you're actually friends with her. Yeah. And, oh, she's the best. Yeah. I love Nikki. So um, I grew up in St. Louis and so did Nikki. And there was a comedy club there called The Funny Bone. And I must have mm-hmm. been... 16 years old, 17 years old, something like that. And I'm covered in piercings and my hair is bleach blonde because Eminem was doing it at the time. And I was like, fuck yeah, Eminem. You know, I'm just a mess of a kid trying to figure out his identity. Mm -hmm. And I love comedy. And so I sign up for my very first open mic ever at the Funny Mm -hmm. Bone. And Nikki, I think she was already on the road and she had come back. She's already so good at stand-up by the time I'm right. trying it for the first time. She's like a year in, just destroying. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I was built for this. Like, this is my yeah. destiny. And so my last name is Glazer and her last name is Glazer. And so mm-hmm. I'm pacing and sweating in the back of the theater. And she drops in and she's like, hey, could I do five minutes or something? I don't know. I'm making that part up, however it worked. Yeah. And I think I'm next. But she's next. And so they go, coming to the stage, you know, you know him, you love him, give it up for. And I start walking and they say, Nikki Glazer. And I'm like still walking because I can't hear anything because I'm so in my head about this. you're so nervous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I'm still heading towards the stage down the middle aisle. And she turns the corner and kind of is like, hey, excuse me. And is like very kind and hops on stage. And I'm like what is going on? And so I realize she's Nikki Glazer. And then I like walk <laughs> back down the aisle and she destroys. Like, yeah. I will never forget the first time you hear laughter bounce off a wall and you're like, oh, yeah. that's like what stand up is. And yeah. she rips it apart and then gets off stage and they're like, and now Mike Glazer. And I'm like, oh, and I, I walk <laughs> back past her and I go on stage and I'd never been on stage before and I didn't know that the lights were so bright and so I oh yeah I grab the microphone and they're blinding me and the energy of her set is still cruising through the room and I yeah. put my hand <laughs> over my eyes <laughs> to, so I can see but everybody. in the fetal position <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I crouch down and just start crying <laughs> uh- Two minutes. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. It is first of all, people don't understand how fucking bright lights are when you're on stage. I, I, I like to make eye contact with people, but you sometimes it's too bright, and then I'm just like, ah, it makes me nervous because you there's no like central point. There's nothing to focus on. You're just staring into a light like you would when you die. You <laughs> yes, <know? laughs> that's what it felt like. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Wait. So your set? How did your set go? Oh, I could bear. I I still remember the jokes. I could barely talk. <laughs> I was like pacing. Everything got mixed up in my head. You know, because I practiced in the shower for a good half hour yeah. that day. Yeah. And it was. I was talking about things where it's like people say, "Don't talk to strangers." But what's stranger than a clown? They could fit like three kids oh. in their big balloon pants, and you have them at your <laughs> birthday party. That's a kidnapping waiting to happen. Like. <laughs> What are you and talking about? this is after Nikki's set? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't recall her doing a lot of clown material, so. 
<laughs> yeah. So I can see how that wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it was so brutal. It was like shit like that, where it's like, you can't even recognize the kidnapper because their face is painted. Anyway. Oh, no, my... <laughs> Just the fucking worst. <laughs> you know what? To your credit, it would have crushed at the height of John Wayne Gacy. You know, like 10 years prior, you'd have done so well. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, this John Wayne Gacy guy. <laughs> Get a load of this. <laughs> oh, man. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out he's been doing kids' birthday parties. <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my whole point, guys. <laughs> we need to Please ban clap. clowns. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you 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 do this set your I... fir- <laughs> your first open mic? God bless. Mm-hmm. Nikki goes up, destroys you. Uh, we'll say close the night. <laughs> sure, yeah. Brought it back to earth. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was the cooler re- of the you night. You reset the energy. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Then... <laughs> like any good comic. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and then what happens? Uh, I put the, I I put the mic down and and just like left. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just left. Yeah, because <laughs> left your body. I left my fucking <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All of a sudden, I'm back at home. Like, what the hell? And um, <laughs> my parents were like, "So, how was it?" Because they wanted to come support, and I was like, "Absolutely not! Like, I don't want yeah. anyone to know me." And they were like, "How was yeah. it?" And I was like, "I'm going to bed. <laughs> See ya." <laughs> just fucking went upstairs <laughs> yeah and they're like mike why do you have your belt tied around your neck <laughs> you're, like, <laughs> you're like no reason nothing it's a new bit i'm working on <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so wait so you you end the night you're defeated and then you just what happens to stand up after that i didn't do it again I didn't do it again for fucking years. I didn't do it again until I moved to Chicago. Because of Nikki? No. I mean, well, (laughs) once I could distance myself from the pain of that and how, like, (laughs) devastating it felt. And, like, like once I could get hard again. You know what I mean? Like, once it wasn't in the (laughs) back of my head at all times. So, to be clear, you don't like emotional pain. Only physical pain. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I can't (laughs) deal with, like, I can't deal with people but I can deal with needles. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had Nikki just shoved a sh- syringe into you, the side of your neck, you know, you would have been fine. Yeah. But her crushing was too much. Yeah. She ripped. It, well, it's not even her fault. Like, I can't blame her for doing her job yeah. so well <laughs> yeah. that I am devastated. That's an insane yeah. thought process. That's not yeah. fair at all. So but, you're you're so upset you moved to Chicago. You leave the city. <laughs> you're so embarrassed. <laughs> You're so embarrassed. You're like, I'm just going to go. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even live here anymore. Yeah. St. Louis was like, give me your keys. Have a good trip. (laughs) You're no longer welcome. And I had to walk through the arch like it's a portal. You didn't even drive to Chicago. You walked. I walked slowly with a bindle. Yeah. So what, wait, what, what's in Chicago then? Uh, improv. <laughs> like I threw, I, I was like, well, it's not for me, but I still love comedy and want to do something in it. And so yeah. I took a, I took a summer intensive. I saved up all my money from working at a video store and took a summer intensive at Second City Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And and another time, and it was devastating again. I like because Nikki was your teacher there. <laughs> yeah, and she's destroying. <laughs> She's like, well, 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 this is Mike Glazer. <laughs> so I was in the NBA championship and they bring someone from the bench and I have no idea who yeah. it is. You know, it'd be the funniest thing if Nikki just pops into this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm living in Canada in an igloo, yeah. Yeah. chopping wood. <laughs> So you go to you start Second City. You, you're doing this intensive. Yeah, and I'm. It's it's so hard, and it's breaking my brain because I've never done anything like this before. Mm-hmm. And everybody you see who's incredible at improv, you're like, oh, it's easy. You just all you have to do is be charming, and yeah. and put your hands and cross your arms, and that's yeah. that's improv. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not. It's so hard, and it broke my brain. But it it felt like something I wanted to get better at. Mm-hmm. And when I came back from the intensive, I was like, okay, I cannot do stand-up here in St. Louis. I just know too many fucking people. And if I am never going to, I'm never, my dreams are never going to come true in this town. I just know everybody and I grew up here and there's no way to like force myself to be something I'm not yet. And so I moved to Chicago um, and like two weeks into moving to Chicago, I run into this guy who I was in the intensive with. Mm-hmm. And he's working on the night staff as a door guy at Second City. And he's uh-huh. like, what the fuck are you doing here? And I'm like, I don't even know, man. I'm just here. <laughs> You're like, getting the fuck away from Nikki Glazer. Yeah. <laughs> She's my landlord. It's a whole thing. It's fucking awful. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah. And then um, he was working on, like, to, to cut to the chase, he was working on the night staff. He got me a job um, working the door at Second City which allowed me to like save money and be a part of the Second City family and climb that ladder to uh, getting a full scholarship to their directing program, writing, performing. Oh, wow, that's incredible. I didn't know you did that. Yeah, so like that was my first like foray actually into comedy was like working my way up the Second City ladder. Um, And then that whole time I was doing open mics in Chicago because nobody Mm -hmm. knew who the fuck I was. So I could do terrible comedy and bomb over and over. Um, doing weird, dumb shit that is embarrassing as hell. But, you know, what are you going to do? Like, everybody's failing together. And so, yeah, yeah, Nikki destroyed so hard that I had to leave town, but it sent me on my (laughs) path to to follow my dreams. That's I I love that so much. I I mean, I've talked to several people who who credit Nikki for helping them in in some way, but this is the first one... You're the first person I've talked to who uh, Nikki just destroyed so hard that she chased you out of town. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, it's much different than a recommendation, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do think it's, uh, I think it's so crucial to get out of your hometown. If you want to do anything that's different than what you've always done, you know, you you have to go. I, I don't even like going home. I've been doing stand-up for like 12 years now. I don't like going home and doing stand-up now because it's fucking weird because i'm like i'm not i'm still me but i'm like my brain doesn't work the same way it did 
when we were all in fifth grade together. And that's what you're expecting. And that's not what you're going to see. And you're going to be upset by it. Like, I just always, I, I, it's hard for me to imagine anyone liking it. I guess that I grew up with, especially because I'm like from a red state and people are very conservative. So like anything I say, I just imagine them hating it immediately. And that's not always the case, but you know, but it is hard to do stand up around people you grew up with. It's really wild to hear you say that because it ties right back into when we were talking about um, Mark Paul Gosler and Macaulay mm-hmm. Culkin and all of them and, and how you go back home and you're kind of encased in amber like a Jurassic Park mosquito yeah. to these people. And yeah. you, you haven't grown or changed in their eyes. And yeah. and that's like pretty frustrating. Yeah, it's, it is kind of hilarious that I, that we're expressing frustration with that. And at the same time, we're like, For sure, if I met Macaulay Culkin, I would uh, (laughs) react to him as though he was still seven years old or whatever, (laughs) however old he was. So (laughs) true. Like, and that's even worse on our part because we're like, we want you to be the same person you were before you even went through puberty. Like, that's unfair, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Crazy. It's it's not how life works. Yeah. Wait, so speaking of... uh, kids and like our childhood selves and things what what do you think your childhood self would think of you if you if your childhood self could meet you like 11 year old mike um i think that they would be really hopefully proud but very surprised um because i think that the the really beautiful cool thing about places like la and new york and chicago Mm -hmm. if you want to do what we do is like it's kind of all up to you to do everything. Yeah. Like it's all on your shoulders. Yeah. Nobody, it's not that nobody gives a fuck, but they don't really give a fuck because they're doing their thing yeah. too. And so I, I think younger me would be surprised at where I've ended up in my career so far, but proud of me. Um, I thought I was going to be an NHL hockey goalie who worked in special effects makeup my whole life. When I was oh, an yeah, elementary school I always school forget kid. you did hockey. Yeah. When I was in elementary school and they go around the room and they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was like, a hockey goalie who does special effects makeup for the movies. <laughs> and that's which, what I thought I was going to be. Which is so specific. Yeah. And it's like, what is it? What does that look like realistically? Are you doing the special effects makeup before games or on your off season or what? <laughs> These are very good questions. No, <laughs> just on Tuesdays. I mean, that's a strange. It also puts you, you would have to be on the LA Kings then. Yeah. Right? That you yeah. have to be in Los Angeles. It's not like you can work in, I, I don't know, any other. I know the Blackhawks and the Kings. I don't know any other hockey team. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it'd be real funny if I was like late to the Kings game and I'm covered in blood. And I'm like, it's not mine. It was for a new Avengers. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I got to get back there and put my pads on. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, I as far as I know, it, that stuff's pretty easy. I mean, a hockey goalie looks like an easy time. Uh, <laughs> I think you could just sign up and do this. <laughs> I think so. If I was uh, like, that was my first dream, though, really was like to be a to be a hockey goalie for my whole life. Wait, I yeah, you it. did hockey for a long time. What? took you out of it um what took me out of it well I kind of just retired I hit the level um I was good at ice hockey um Mm -hmm. but I'm five nine and I'm really fast but uh I I didn't grow anymore and a lot of hockey goalies at least in this day and age are around six foot six two they take up a lot of space I didn't know that um but I was really fast and so my ice hockey career 
pivoted and they asked uh, this one traveling roller hockey team asked me to play with them and tour the country. Mm-hmm. And I really found my rhythm playing roller hockey. And then, excuse me, I kind of climbed the ranks in roller hockey, uh, touring around the whole country. And I ended up becoming like the number one roller hockey goalie in the country for my age group. What? And then that led to a bunch of championships. And then that led to playing for Team USA and winning a gold medal in the Pan American games for roller hockey. What? And then once I hit that level where That's I won a gold medal. That's way cooler than an Emmy. You'll get an Emmy later. I want an Emmy. I want two. Yeah. I want all the trophies. I want a Miss Polish. Yeah. I'm coming for your number one yeah. Miss Polish. <laughs> I want them all. Every trophy. I'm the same way. I'm like, I just want to collect. By the way, I, this isn't even the saddest thing. I have every trophy I've ever won. I have them all. I own them. I That's haven't awesome. thrown them out. And my brothers think I'm insane. They're like, what are you, what are you doing? That's so awesome. Why do you have these trophies? Why not? They're fucking great. I don't know. Can I just tell you, so, this is like so off topic, but I think this is the funniest story I've ever heard. Somebody, I think you know her too. I won't, I'll tell you who she is afterwards. Uh, a, a very good friend of mine who works in comedy, her dad, when she was a kid, owned a trophy shop and she would make herself second place trophies because she, even in like her kid mind, she thought no one would believe that she won a first place trophy for anything. So she made fake second place trophies for herself. Oh my god! And I think that's the most hilarious thing ever. I, oh my uh, god! Yeah, I I didn't make this. I won this fair and square. Thank Fuck you so yeah. much. Um, <laughs> wait, so you won? You won? You have this gold medal? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you were like, "That's enough for me. I'm done." Yeah, I I mean, in in ice hockey, you can win the Stanley Cup. In roller hockey, you can you can keep touring the world and you can keep mm-hmm. playing at the highest level of that and then you can go into coaching or you could go into working for a place like Bauer and doing equipment and sales but you kind of there's there's no it's just not famous enough it's not an actual like yeah. sport that has a it's lot like of the fun WN- behind it WNBA where like everyone's like yeah it's fun I'll watch it but I mean it's not even that the WNBA is like you know yeah real deal shit and so I yeah. just was kind of like I'm I love the WNBA it. I didn't I wasn't <laughs> I've seen you I don't want play. anybody to like contact me i do i play terribly i it's kind of a relief that COVID is happening because i'm like i need to practice more before i get back together with my team because i'm embarrassing are you a shooter um no i'm i'm a great rebounder but that's i'm like super aggressive and i I think because i'm like this is very clear i know what to do where sometimes when i have the ball and an opportunity to shoot i'm like in my mind i'm like there's all these people that can block this or do something like it feels like I'm more in control of rebounds. Yeah, I get you that. Know? Yeah, I'm like I could get this and hand it off to somebody who knows what to do with it, because <laughs> I'll <laughs> I make like three out of every ten shots, which isn't great. Uh, maybe two, maybe one, maybe one sometimes out of ten. <laughs> it's not good. Um, wait, so where I you I feel like your life has gone on so many different paths. Do you have any? idea of where you're going to end up in the future like what do you what trajectory do you think your life will take from here that's such a good aside from women winning an emmy i mean obviously you're going to win an emmy i want to win an emmy i have my whole vision board i'm looking at it right now for 2020 and (laughs) i gotta tell (laughs) you not a lot has been checked off on here this year 
Um, but you know, I, th- I feel like my goals are the same as a lot of people's goals. It's like sell, sell my TV show, mm-hmm. um, have the number one podcast on iTunes, tour the world doing stand up, write, write for my, write with and for my heroes. Um, you know, I want to eat delicious food. My, my real dream, and it's so small, but I think it's so possible is to have enough money that I can eat in the best restaurants all over the world and take an Uber back home. Like that's yeah. really all I want with friends. That's all the money anyone needs. Yeah. Really. Truly. Is to just like go to a restaurant and not look at prices and spend $300 on dinner if you want. Um, yeah. I would very much like that as well. Uh, but I want an Emmy more. So I'll, I'll give it up. <laughs> if anyone's listening, I will sacrifice. I'll eat peanut butter and jelly for two years. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I want an Emmy. I want a house. Uh, <laughs> Fuck it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is so crazy. Like as we come up in this industry and you can see people's careers really take off and all of a sudden like they have like a fridge where the doors are the same length and it's on two sides. And you're like, dang, you got like nice fridge money. Holy shit. Good for you. What? Wow. <laughs> Sometimes all of my friends now are getting Pelotons and I'm like, how are you? How are you doing that? It's like a $3,000 bike, isn't it? I mean, I like I didn't want to invest in roller skates because they're $200. You right. know, I'm right. like, I, I don't know. I got blades. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, when the pandemic's over, if you want to rollerblade together, let's go blading. Yes, please. I mean, we could do that in pandemic, right? It's outdoors. That's true. It could be safe. Um, rollerblade. I'm, I'm more comfortable rollerblading than playing basketball. Not by much, but uh, just <laughs> <laughs> just enough that there's there's a clear number too, you know. Uh-huh. Um, Either way, you're elbowing people out of the way, so it's kind of yeah. same shit, different day. I'm really glad to hear that you plan to stay in comedy, and that that that's your vision for yourself because you're very funny. And uh, I still there's that tweet you tweeted a million years ago. I'm gonna I'll ruin it. So I won't say it, but the thing with like the electrical box, you got everybody go on Twitter and look at his tweet. <laughs> the thing <laughs> about Blazer, the break dancers. Yeah. I literally, every time I pass one of those, I think of you and that they're all over my neighborhood. So that's like daily. I'm like, ah, Mike Glazer. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's going to have to be your tombstone one day. <laughs> I think it will be. It's my legacy. Yeah. My one tweet. Yeah. That, yeah. That's my legacy. It's at Glazer <laughs> Boo Hoo Hoo for social media. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I'll stay in Um, comedy. What else are we going to do, Lisa? Yeah, I I don't know. I'm not uh, certainly not going to be in pro basketball. And it sounds like you're not going to be a pro hockey player. So nobody wants to watch me pierce myself for money (laughs) on the Las Vegas Strip. So this is like a good plan B. Mike, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. You are a delight. It's always fun to talk to you. Um, I'll be FaceTiming you randomly now. (laughs) Random times. Please scare the shit out of me. middle of the day like it's an emergency um where can people find you um they can find me at glazer boo hoo hoo on social media and my podcast is called weed and grub with mary jane gibson and uh also i would like to say if you're enjoying this leave lisa a five-star review (laughs) because it really does help and uh, and it takes two seconds to do. So click five stars, leave her a great review, and um, tell your friends about Lisa's pot. Thank you so much. That's so sweet of you. Um, all right, that's it. Great. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
Thank you so much for listening. That was my friend Mike Glazer. You can find him on Instagram and Twitter at GlazerBooHooHoo. And I am Lisa Curry. You can find me on Twitter at Lisa underscore Curry. And you can find me on Instagram at Olympian Lisa Curry. Bye.